Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. I wasn't here last week, so I'm going to preach really long today. Really, really long. Turn with me, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28, I'm going to springboard off of there. We've heard this scripture how many times in your life. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All right, that's the scripture I want to start with. I'm reading that right off the bat. And I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about this. I want to bring us to a place today where we kind of understand what does this mean? What is God doing? How does he work things together? And what's the result of it? And, and so, because let me know sometimes we quote this scripture as if all things were God caused. I mean, no, not all things are God-caused. But I'll come back to that in a moment. Let me start here. So when you read this scripture, that he says, all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. My question to start with this morning is, what's his purpose? My question this morning is, when you read that scripture, and he works all things to the good, and it says to those who are called according to his purpose, what is that purpose? What was God's purpose? What is the purpose of God? What is the eternal purpose of God? What is his purpose for your life? What is his purpose for my life? As a matter of fact, what is his purpose for all of humanity? All of humanity. All right? When, what is it that God is doing when he works all things according to his purpose? The purpose of God for me and for you is the same. The purpose of God for me and the person in California or Africa or another country is exactly the same. Let me tell you this morning, we're gonna start with this, the eternal purpose of God. How many know the eternal purpose of God for us is an eternal thing from beginning to end? Let me tell you something about God's purpose for you. And it doesn't change. It doesn't change. His purpose for you, his purpose for me, has never changed. It has never changed from the, creation, the beginning of creation. It has never changed throughout history. It's never changed throughout the Bible. It's never changed. It's not going to change. It's the same. The eternal purpose of God is for humanity to become sons of God. Listen to me. You can put a lot of other things in, but if you want to sum it up in one statement, the eternal purpose of God is for all of humanity to become sons of God. All right? God's purpose for your life is to become a son or a child. God's purpose for your life is to become a son in the pattern of his son, Jesus. Listen to me this morning. Aren't you glad that you have a perfect pattern that you can pattern your life after? Aren't you glad that I'm not your pattern? Aren't you glad that Pastor Troy isn't your pattern? Oh, you're nicer to him. You're always nicer to Pastor Troy. He's what? He's not prettier. He's now on the 50 side of 45. He's getting old. God's purpose is 
always been for sons in the pattern of his son. Listen to some of these scriptures. I'm just going to read these to you kind of as a, as a setup. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are what? The sons of God. For you've not received the spirit of slavery. This is what Paul was writing about earlier in chapter 8. But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies inside of me that I am a child of God. All right? The eternal purpose of God was for sons. When he created Adam, the Bible says that Adam was the son of God. That God was creating a son in his image on the face of the earth. All right? The eternal purpose of God is to follow in the pattern established then by Jesus when Jesus came to earth and walked this earth. Now, let's talk about this. But how many know that every purpose has, every eternal purpose of God has something that opposes it? Listen to me. You know what? It's amazing to me that we can live in a world, in a, in a Christianity sometimes, that absolutely doesn't recognize the spiritual warfare of that which opposes the eternal purposes of God. Every eternal purpose of God has something that opposes it. Think about this for just a moment. His purpose for your life was to become a son. His purpose was for you to become in the sonship and relationship and love. This, this eternal purpose has existed from the beginning of creation. It's true today. It was true in the Old Testament. It was true in the New Testament. That's what it's been. And if there is a purpose, then there is something that opposes that purpose. Listen to me for a moment. I want to talk to you. There are things that make war and attack that very purpose for which God creates me. All right? If God has a purpose, there's a war against it that I just talked to you about. First thing I want to talk to you about is me, sin. How many of you here ever sin? All right? The rest of you are sinning right now because you're lying to me. Stop your lying, you filthy sinner. All right? Sin opposed God's purpose for my life, but how many know it was Jesus that removed the obstacle that I could come into sonship? Sin opposed God's purpose for my life, but Jesus removed the obstacle, yes? All right, now how do I, a sinful person that has sin standing between me and my sonship, how do I become a son of God when I've got sin standing between me and the Father? My sin was there. The sin of others stood in the way of the purpose of God. The sin of Adam and Eve in the garden stood in the way of the purpose of God. Your sin stood in the way of the purpose of God for your life. The purpose of God for your life is not what you do, it's who you are. The purpose of God for your life is who you are in him, not what you do, not how much you make, not where you live, not where you work, None of that stuff. So what does God do? God sees this obstacle. He sees this sin. They can never become the purpose I have planned for them. So I'm going to do something about this. All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my son, give my son, so that I can now remove this barrier so that my sons can become the purpose for which I created them. All right, so now, All this is just kind of leading up to going somewhere this morning, all right? You're saying going where? Well, we'll figure that out when we get there, all right? How many of you ever go on a journey that you didn't know where you were going until you got there? None of you. How many of those are fun journeys? Some of you are just dirt boring. 
Like, did you just ever get in the car and drive? Does anybody, is anybody with me? Like, you just get in the car and drive and say, let's just figure out where we end up. Okay, one day, that was a couple weeks ago, Penny and I went for one of these rides. And we were just driving. We had one point. So where are we going? I don't know. I'm, I'll tell you, she asked me three or four times where we were going. And three or four times, the answer didn't change. I didn't know. I just knew when we got there, which we ended up at the Incline Plain Restaurant in Johnstown. Anybody there? It's pretty cool. All right? That was not the plan when we left the house. We just kind of ended up there. The one thing I enjoy about running through the city is it never goes the way I plan. I, tell my, I, I, tell, I would tell them I'm leaving. I'm going down and run. I'm going to go here, here, and here. By the time I'm done running, I've not gone one place there. I've taken every other turn in the rest. This morning, we're going to take a little journey. You're going to know when we get there because I'm going to tell you. Amen? Watch this. Watch this. So God, here's what God does. To achieve the eternal purpose that he has for your life, God gave his son to redeem sons. God gave a son to get sons. Jesus died so that we could live. Jesus took our unrighteousness so we could be declared righteous. Jesus took our place so that we could have a place. The obstacle of sin was removed because of the begotten son, Jesus Christ. Now, there's all these things. Now watch this. So what happens in your life is now you come to this place where you can't even become a son until God removes the obstacle. And once God removes the obstacle, you go, you in faith, believe in what Jesus does, you become, the Bible says, a son of God. And now what happens? Listen to me for a moment. Now you better get this in your heart. And now there are attacks to get you separated from the eternal purpose that you've just walked into. All right? You say, how does that happen? All right, first of all, let's talk about the enemy for just a moment. How many know there's an enemy that hates God? If he hates God, how many know he hates you? All right? Listen to me this morning. Evil hates righteousness. Evil is stirred up by righteousness. Righteousness causes evil to gnash its teeth. Read the scriptures. Read the cover, the cover of the scripture. Look in our society today. Look in our country today. I'm going to tell you something. God has a righteous pur- uh, purpose for our country. And I'm not, uh, not going to get into names and people and I don't, all that stuff that some people want to go to. I'm just telling you that he has a righteous purpose for it. And I'm telling you that evil wars against it. It gets angry. It wars against it. It attacks against it. God has a righteous purpose for this church, your life, this city. An enemy hates it. And evil gnashes its teeth at it. The enemy is trying to separate you from God. The enemy is trying to separate you from the very purpose of God. All right? There's an attack on your sonship. There's an attack on the purpose. Your purpose is not to get to heaven. Your purpose is to be a son of God now. All right, now listen to me. Life attacks the eternal purpose of God. How I many know there are some things that happen in our life that are not the devil? It's just we live in this world. Things happen. Struggle. Trial. Tribulation. Death. People get sick. And these things have a a tendency to cause us to say, where are you, God? Where are you? 
Or people say things like this. God, if you're good, then this wouldn't have happened. You see, there's all these things that happen. The temporal, how many know this life is temporary? And what happens is we begin to view the eternal purpose of God through the temporary problems of this world. Don't allow the temporal to steal the eternal purpose of God. Don't allow that which is temporal to steal the eternal purpose of God. I even, at times in my life, attack the very purpose of God. I asked you a few minutes ago, and most of you lied to me. There are times, even in my sin, that it's an attack on the eternal purpose of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I may know everything in your life you can't blame on the devil. Everything in your life you can't blame on somebody else. There are times where you create the things. Religion and legalism will come against those things. All these things are attacks and they war against the very purpose of God for your life and my life. Remember what the scripture says. He works all things according to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The purpose is sonship. The purpose is to become a son of God. That's the eternal purpose. Now, Let's talk about this for a moment. So now I look at this. I understand he wants me, his purpose is to become a son. He gave his son so that I could become a son. Once I become a son, all these things are now happening in my life or an attack on this purpose. And now the Bible says, but my God can take all of these things and he can work them for the good of me. Say, okay, let's talk about that for a moment. When you hear that scripture, let me say this first and foremost. God causes all things to work together, but all things. But God doesn't cause all things to happen. Listen to me again. You see it on the screen. I am sick to death of my God getting the blame for everything that happens in this world. I am sick to death of it. God causes all things to work together, but he doesn't cause all things to happen. All right, listen to me. You, there are times in my life where God didn't cause it, my sin caused it. Can I get an amen this morning? Can I get an amen that sometimes in your life, the things that are happening and the tribulation and the trial and the stuff you're going through is nobody else's fault but your own sin? And then you, but you'll say to me, but my God allowed it. Of course he allowed it. He gave me free will, but don't confuse the sinful choice of free will with permission from God. Don't confuse the free will of God that he gives me to sin with him giving me permission to sin. You get the point? How many of you have children that might have not listened to you once or twice in their life? Boy, Craig's hand went up fast. Where's Lindsay? <laughs> They, they haven't listened to you, all right? And that you gave them the opportunity. They couldn't listen. And when you gave them that, how I many know you weren't allowing them to do it? You weren't giving them permission to do it. They did it against your will. They did it against you. It wasn't your, it was not your will for them to step into that sin. I used to hear people say this. Well, God let me go into sin. Stop it. God never planned sin for your life. God never has planned sin for your life. Don't confuse it with, 
allowing him to sin brings something good up. Okay? God does not plan us to sin to bring something good out of our sin. It just doesn't do that. Stop attributing that garbage to him. God's best is always achieved through obedience, not sin. There's no other way. The best way is obedience. The sin of others. Listen to me. How many of the sin of others can cause things in my life? There's the enemy in my soul causes things to happen. You see, there's these all things. God causes all things, but God doesn't cause all things to happen. Look at this next one. God causes all things to work together, but all things aren't good. Anybody ever had anything bad happen in your life? Anybody ever had anything negative happen? And you find yourself for a moment questioning God? Anybody ever questioned God? Yeah, I know. You're all saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, saved from the womb. Your pastor has questioned God. Questioned him. You know, you, you, you lose a son, and the following six months, eight months later, you bring a young man in who's by the name of Luke Coulter, and Luke Coulter's giving a testimony of how he was, had, died from a drug overdose while he was playing in a, in, a, in a punk band dating a stripper witch. Okay. And he had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus said, you can come with me or you can stay here. And Luke said, I'll stay here. You think your pastor didn't sit there and say, well, what about my son? You think, you think you, 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 and others of you have heard the similar things and you've said similar things and you've had similar occasions. Come on, how many know this morning that all things that happen in your life are not good? See, but here's what it tells me. You see, things war against me to separate me from the love of God. This war is to get me to doubt the love of God. You see, remember, God, how many know God loved Adam and Eve? He created Adam, called him his son, and yet he sinned. And yet the enemy came And yet God was still able to weave and work a plan of redemption for Adam's race that would come through Jesus Christ. How many know that's working all things to the good according to God's eternal purpose? How many know know that God loved David and yet David sinned? And that sin brought hardship into his life. God loved David and his son usurped his throne. God loved David and his son killed his son. God loved David and his enemies tried to destroy him. What am I saying? That God causes all things to work together, but all things aren't good. And listen to me. God's love doesn't always isolate me from things happening, but it does carry me through them. Don't you wish that the love of God would keep you from ever having to experience anything bad in your life? That's just not reality. I wish there was reality. It's not reality. God loved David. He was a man after his own heart. And yet, things in his life happen. And sometimes they happen because he did it. Some things they happen because Saul did it. Sometimes it was his sons that caused it to happen. Pain in his life, hardship in his life, death in his life. 
And yet God was still able to weave together something out of it and still create something good. And yet none of it was God's idea. God's love doesn't always isolate me from things happening, but it does carry me through them. God's love doesn't isolate me from pain, but it does comfort me in the midst of it. You know, some things hurt. Some things in life are pain. But yet, there are times where that pain is minimized because of the work of somebody else in your life. <laughs> I remember, probably shouldn't tell this story. Many years ago, you remember when Nick was in that accident, that horrible accident, and Tony was, Tony was killed, and uh, Nick was in the hospital for 17 days, and he was in so much pain, he couldn't get out of the pain, couldn't get out of the pain, and, and he would go to sleep, and that's when he had the pain pump. You pushed the button when you needed, you know, the morphine, okay? And he would go to sleep, and he'd wake up in pain. Well, guess what daddy did while he was sleeping? He pushed the pain button. <laughs> he pushed the medicine button. <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to make sure my son don't wake up in pain. Do I, can I say to you this morning that some, sometimes that God looks at us, he sees us in pain, and God says, you know what, I'm going to help you. I'm going to comfort you. I can't take it all away, but I'm going to help you walk through it. To my God, yes. You see, listen to me for a moment. It, I, I wish I could tell you that because God loves you and you love him, you'll never experience pain in your life. It's just not reality. You see, I can go through all things because I have a father who works all things for my good, even when he doesn't cause all things. I can go through all things because I have a father who works all things for my good, even when he doesn't cause all things. Watch what the scripture says. Go with me. Watch this next verse, this next slide. I can go all th- through all things because I have a father who is for me. Watch the verse. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? If God is is for us. Listen to me this morning. If you don't get anything else out of this message this morning, you understand one thing. God is for you. This may have happened or that may have happened. You may have all hell broke out against your life. You may have had everything happen in your life. Listen to me. It does not negate the fact that God is for you. God is for you. He's with you. He wants the best for you. Understand me this morning that you can go through all things because your God is still for you. The fact that it happened doesn't mean God is against you. Do you remember the story of Naomi? The story of Naomi and Ruth? When Naomi goes into the land of Moab, she loses two sons and a husband. And she made a statement. She made an indictment against God that said, he has turned his hand against me. No, he didn't. Her pain, her wound caused her to bring an indictment against God that was incorrect. God is for you. God is for you. Watch what it says. He who did not spare his son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Listen to me this morning. Let let me say this to you. 
Sometimes we look and we see the bad things in our life and we, begin, we define the goodness of God. No, 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 no. What defines the goodness of God is the sacrifice of Jesus. The sacrifice of Jesus is the defining goodness of God. That God would willingly give his son so that he could redeem you to sonship. You cannot define God by circumstances. You define God by Christ. You define him by Calvary. You define him by what he was willing to pay to bring about his eternal purpose for your life. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Hmm. Listen to what Paul is writing. Paul is saying, we got, I face tribulation. I face trial. I face persecution. I face pain. He says, yet, yet, Can it separate us from the love of Christ? He said, no. Verse 37, watch this. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. In all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Christ. Overwhelmingly conquer. Think about this for a moment. Let me me go with this. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, or depth, or any created thing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. What am I saying to you this morning? I am an overwhelming conqueror because I am loved by God. I am an overwhelmingly conqueror because my God works all things according to his eternal purpose. His eternal purpose cannot be stopped by temporal things. Let me close with this. See, where are we going? I don't know why God, I know why God puts this in my heart this morning. But I'm going to bring it to you like this. His love will never incubate you from the pains of life. It'll help you go through them. It doesn't stop things from happening. It doesn't incubate you from death. It doesn't incubate you and isolate you from heartache, pain, and distress. Don't you wish it did? All things happen. And with each of these things that happen sometimes, it's almost like at times there's a little broken piece of us that gets broken off. You got this fragment. You got this piece. You got this splinter. This didn't go like I expected. I had a plan, and this is what happened. I had a dream, but this happened. I had hopes, but this is what happened. And I'm left with shattered pieces. And I'm left with fragments. And they weren't things that God did. 
And he didn't cause these things to happen. And he didn't orchestrate these things. And they were not ordained by him. And yet they happened. And yet he still has an eternal purpose for me. And that eternal purpose has not changed. And so what he does, he begins to say, okay, let me take the pieces. Let me take these fragments. And let me take them, these shattered pieces of glass, and make a beautiful mosaic out of them. Because how many of you know, I've ever seen a beautiful mosaic that's made from scrap pieces of broken glass. Do you understand how God can make a mosaic out of your broken pieces? Maybe you haven't been there. Maybe you don't have any broken pieces this morning. Maybe you haven't had a fracture of losing a son or a daughter or an infant or whoever it may be. Maybe you haven't been through that. Maybe you haven't been through the heartache. Maybe you haven't been through the trials of life. Maybe you haven't left there, lost everything. Maybe you haven't had the husband who's left you or the wife who's left you or the kid that won't talk to you. Or maybe you don't have that situation. Or maybe you haven't been the one who was molested by the adult. Maybe, you're not, maybe you haven't been here this morning and you've been molested by somebody in your, as, as a child. Maybe this morning that you haven't experienced them. But I'm telling you that those of you who are here and you have some broken pieces, God, will, God is saying, I will take all things and I will mold them together. I didn't create them. I didn't ordain them. I didn't allow them. I didn't make it happen. But I'm going to create something beautiful out of your broken pieces. And I'm going to make a mosaic to reveal my glory in you. I will work all things. I didn't cause all things, but I'll work them to your good. Because I'm for you. Because I'm for you. He's saying this morning, just don't blame me for what's happened. Trust me. And if you'll trust me, I will bring something good out of it. If you will trust me. It doesn't change what happened. It doesn't change what happened. But if you'll trust me, I'll take what that devil meant for evil and I will turn it for good. You see, God takes the fragments of my life and he creates a beautiful mosaic that reveals his glory. God takes the remnants of my life and makes a beautiful tapestry of love that reveals his glory. How many have ever seen those really expensive, beautiful quilts that are made from scrap pieces of fabric? Remnants. Pieces that in and of themselves would be no good. But woven together by a master. Woven together by a quilter. Woven together by somebody with skill and artistry. Woven together, they become a beautiful, valuable tapestry for the display of the creator. Our lives are like a beautiful mosaic of broken pieces held together by the love of God. Listen to me this morning. I had two things happen in the past two weeks that I think every once in a while God just says, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
Some of you saw the Facebook post that I put a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, I think it was, maybe a week ago. If you didn't, let me tell the story because some of you aren't on Facebook. I was sitting on my deck, 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, beautiful night, just loving it, looking at the stars. And as I was looking at the stars, I was reading scriptures according to the stars. And and I was just contemplating, and I was contemplating a lot of things. And and I was contemplating the last five years of my life and contemplating Nick's death and some things associated with that and, you know, all the stuff that goes with that. And then I was thinking about church stuff and thinking about Nehemiah stuff and all the challenges and all the struggles and all the things. And I sit there and I looked at God and I I, I reminded him, uh, uh, you know, at the office, I'm famous for saying, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. How about it, Teresa? It'll be all right. Right? Ask Sharon. Go over and ask Sharon. It'll be all right. I always say, it'll be all right. We got money problems. It'll be all right. We got this problem. It'll be all right. And I looked at God and I said, you know, I'd like to hear you say it's all right. And and so so I said to him, I said, you know, you gave Bill Johnson a bumblebee once. And you gave Gideon two fleeces. And you gave him a dream to let him know it'll be all right. I want a shooting star. This was before the meteor thing. Don't try to take away from my God. So I'm sitting there and I'm playing and I'm just kind of like watching no star. No stars. About 20 minutes goes by. No star. Okay. Whatever. You know what, God? You're still good. And it'll still be all right. I'm going to bed. Uh, I wish I wasn't going to go to bed, but I was going in. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> there it was. God. You are so awesome. And some of you say, oh, well, well, that was just a a coincidence. Oh, yeah? I asked. He gave. I sit on that deck every night. I've only ever seen one other shooting star. All I know is that my God was given little old me, my great God, my God who loves me, my father who loves me, was saying, guess what? I got your back. It's going to be all right. I know what you've been going through. I know what you're going to go through. It'll be all right. And let me tell you what the result of that is. For two weeks, every time I think of that star, I go like this. (laughs) It's right. I got a star, man. I had one the other day. These are just little things, and you're saying coincidence. I don't know. I had to go to this fundraising golf outing that I've had scheduled for three months. Suffered through that. It's for raising, raising money for kids with heart disease, born with congenital heart disease. And it's a big event, and it's nice, and they give a lot of way. They raffle off a lot of stuff at the end. And I was sitting there with my friends, and I was looking, and they were giving this. And all of a sudden, they came up with this Notre Dame. Fighting Irish golf bag, monogram, beautiful, uh, just beautiful. My son-in-law is a diehard, for some reason, Rick, Notre Dame fan. And I looked and I said, I would love to win that for my son-in-law. That would be, I just would love to win that for my son-in-law. I don't win stuff. And all of a sudden, they called the ticket number. And I'm like, that's me! I resisted every temptation to put it on eBay yesterday just to kind of tease Eric because he's not home. I wanted to put it on eBay and say, for sale, best offer. (laughs) 
But do you understand? Listen to me. You can say, well, it's just a coincidence. I, it may be a coincidence. All I know is my father knows the desires of my heart. And sometimes he says, you know what? I love you. I got your back. I'm working all things for the good. I didn't plan them. I, I, okay. Listen to me this morning. My God is the one who will form something beautiful out of the broken pieces. He sees the broken pieces and he will mold them and he will shape them and he will bring them together. But the centerpiece of the mosaic is the love of God. He, Paul said, for I am convinced that life, death, angels, principalities, nothing present, nothing to come, no power, no height, no depth, no created thing, nothing can separate me from the love of God. I got a centerpiece to my mosaic, and it's called the love of God that he attaches my pain to, that he attaches my heartache to, that he attaches my trials to, that he attaches my tribulations to. He says, listen to me. If you'll just allow me to attach that to my love, I will work all things to the good to those who love me and are called according to my purpose. Don't allow it to strip you from the purpose I have for you. You, my friends, are a mosaic in the making. I wish I could tell you that being a child of God frees you from the pain of life. I wish I could tell you that being a pastor of the gospel of Jesus Christ has freed me from every hardship of life. I cannot. I wish I could tell you this morning that I've never had to endure pain or discomfort or death, but I cannot. But what I can tell you is what Paul said, but I know. But I know. Paul said, but we know. Do you know? But I know. But I know that God causes all things. I know he didn't cause all things. I know he didn't cause all things that happen. But I know he causes all things to work together for good. My God. My God. I'm here to tell you about my God this morning. I'm here to tell you about the goodness of my God this morning. The question is this. Will you allow him to make something beautiful out of your broken pieces? Will you allow him to make a tapestry out of the remnants My God. Have I told you how good my God is? Have I told you that the darkness reveals the glory of God? Hmm? Did I tell you that he didn't orchestrate all the dark times? Come on, Linz. I just want to bring a word of encouragement this morning. And all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Does she do a great job? You are the master's mosaic. And listen to me. 
He did not break you into pieces to create a mosaic. I am so tired of God getting the blame for some things. I have to quit early today. Penny's in the nursery. I'll be in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to be a broken pieces. I'm just, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Father, you're so good. Every one of us in this room today have some broken pieces. We're like that broken glass. Some of all of us have a piece here, a chip here, a crack here, a little edge off of this. All of us have experienced pain, heartache. Some of had it happen from childhood. Some have had it happen in adulthood. For some, it's been children inflicted. For some, it's been spouse inflicted. Some, it's been an onslaught of hell. Some, it's been choices we've made on our own. Cause mess here, cause pain there, cause brokenness but you have an eternal purpose for us. And that eternal purpose is to walk in sonship with you. So you, like a master craftsman, you take all these pieces and you begin to pull them together. And you have this centerpiece to it. And this centerpiece of the mosaic is your love for us. Your love that was on display on Calvary's cross to bring us to our purpose. Your love is the centerpiece where you begin to work all these things together. This broken piece and that broken piece. And you pull it, you move it, you move it here and you put it there. And all of a sudden, there's this revelation of glory. That doesn't take away everything that's happened. But it does bring a divine purpose to it. And Father, this morning I would say to us, may we allow you, may we allow you to bring a divine purpose to the things that you didn't even ordain. That we would allow you to bring a divine purpose to the things that were not your will, but happened. And then out of that, allowing you to process and allowing you to heal and allowing you to love us and allowing you to put this together allows others to see you and to find hope that only comes through you. David was a man loved God. David was a man that experienced the all things of life. His own sin, the sins of others, the death of children, 
and he had broken pieces. And yet he would declare in the Psalms, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Trust him this morning and he'll help you. Trust him this morning and he'll help you. He's therefore my heart exalts and with my song, I shall thank him. All church. Come on, stand and sing this with me for a minute. Come on, stand and sing this for me. I make you a promise this morning. I make you a promise this morning. I promise you that he's at work in your life. I promise you this morning, I'm making you promises this morning, that there's things that have happened in your life that God weeps over, that he didn't plan, that we're not part of his plan. But he says, I'll make something out of those broken pieces if you allow me. I'll bring healing. I'll bring comfort in the midst of pain. I'm not going to tell you you're never going to have pain again. But I'm going to tell you that you can have hope in the midst of that pain. I want you to leave today one thing that you're secure of. My God loves me. My God is for me. I will trust him. He will make something beautiful out of broken pieces. That'll be on the display in my life for the glory of the Father. It's kind of funny when you look at Romans 8 30, it says, Those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he justified. And those he justified. How many know you stand today justified? And those he justified, he also glorified. There's someday I'm going to get a glorified body. (laughs) I'm going to be six foot six chiseled. But if you think that the glory of God is only displayed in in you in the future, you're sadly mistaken. The glory of God resides in you now. The glory of God is displayed in your life now. You are on display for the glory of the Father. Allow Him to do that. I bless you today in the name of the Father, the Son whom He gave, and the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. love you. Have a great week. Become the mosaic that he's creating.